Pastor Varun and Pastor Don Lahaprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church, Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's dynamic teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. When, when David met Goliath, he, met, he, he faced trouble, big guy, big giant. But he went out to fight Goliath by faith. Amen. So we all need to grow in faith. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I would like to welcome Nui back from uh, Japan. She went there for a year and going to go back for another year to teach English in in Japan, I would like to welcome you. She's going to be here for a couple of weeks. If you want to take her out for dinner, she will not mind. Nui, God bless you. Welcome back here. <clears throat> Hallelujah. She really had a good time in Japan. She told me about many things in Japan that I really have a burden for mission in Japan. A lot of people committed suicide and many people get depressed and the, the society really need Jesus. I pray that one day we have missionary to go to Japan to preach the gospel over there. Amen. And also, we welcome Alison back from uh, Taipei. Taipei, God bless you. Welcome back. How long have you been back? Two weeks already. God bless you. Thank God. I would like to welcome whose mom and dad is that? You. Okay. Your mom and dad, welcome back to Seattle. God bless you from Philippines. Amen. God bless you. I'd like to welcome also um, Sarah, who worked in my office. She uh, came here the second time. Sarah, God bless you. Welcome you to this family of God. It's so good to see all of you here. I'd like to welcome also Sean, um, you know, your relative in the back there. Can you introduce them to us? Who are they? Wow. I thought they are your brother and sister. That's why they're not, I don't know what to say. I'm not sure they're brother. <laughs> you have a very young parents, very young. <laughs> Praise God. And I would like to welcome uh, Noom's friend from Thailand. Too. <clears throat> and friend from the same office, Vince. God bless you, Vince. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We have an exchange student who came to visit us today. She's from... Uh, North East of Thailand. Welcome you here. God bless you. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is a family of God. And we are not an organization. We are a family. We love one another. And I pray that... 
<laughs> I pray that we will see love, love in the church, that we love one another, help one another all the time. Amen. We, we should show love to one another. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Are you glad that we come back together to one service now? Amen. Amen. Praise God. We're going to pack this room up. Amen. The parking. You need to understand when you drive south of the church, you turn right into the KFC area. And then the parking area is on the left hand. Before QFC, you turn left into the parking. Before QFC. Amen. This morning I got lost, so that's why I need to tell you how to get there. Amen. So I park out there too to give some spaces for our guests and our brother and sister who have kids and have small children. We need to sacrifice the parking space. Amen. To one another. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This morning before I preach, I would like to give, uh, ask a few people to give testimony about how the fire of God changed you. And um, I would like to ask a few people to give testimony about how the fire of God changed your life. And when you come to this church and you get touched by the fire of God, what happened to your life? How God really changed you in the past few months or few years. I would like to ask the first person is Brenda. Brenda, could you come out and tell us how God, how the file of God changed you? <clears throat> Hello? Yes. It's my honor to stand here before you and tell you that the Lord is so awesome. He is so awesome. I think one of the first things that um, the Lord did inside of me and my spirit, my heart, when the, his fire touched me was that I realized how holy he is and how I, my, my, my fear for him, his holiness, and just to hate sin and to love him and to appreciate everything that he's done for me. That's why I go wild and bonkers up here worshiping him, because I realized how filthy I am before him in my own, my own goodness is like filthy rags before him. I'm nothing. I can never earn my way to heaven and salvation. That's why I love to praise him. I, I love to say, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Because he saved me. That, uh, so that's one thing. I realize and recognize his holiness and who I am before him. And I appreciate his dying for me and, and saving me from myself, my sin. And another thing is that uh, he started to burn out the fear of man out of me so that I fear him more and I fear man less I can't say it's all gone yet but I know the Lord's busy he's working I come into his presence every week I worship him I praise him and he's busy doing things on the inside of me that I probably don't even know about but I give him glory so that when the fear of man is gone I'm not afraid to tell people hey Jesus loves you and he has a good plan for your life and he's the answer for your problems, you just turn to him and he'll help you. You know, I, so 
those are, are a couple of the major things that I, I just thank God for. And, and I, love his, I love his presence. You know, when we say the fire of God, it kind of sounds like in the natural, it might hurt, you know. <laughs> but I love, I love his presence. It's so good. It's so awesome, you know, so awesome. Anyway, Amen. praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you very much. <clears throat> I'd like to ask a few more people to say how the fire of God has changed you in your life that in the past few years that you have been touched by the fire of God. So I would like to ask um, Candace, can you come and tell us how God changed your life? <clears throat> Praise you, Father. Wow. It is an honor, you know, to come before the Lord and testify of Him. You know, God is so real. He's more real than what we see with our own eyes. And the fire of God, the revelation of God, it changes us on the inside. Mm. And it changes us to be more like Him. It's not anything that we do ourselves. It's just a yielding to Him. Amen. And for myself, I, God, I, I'm just amazed at what He's done in me. That it hasn't been me at all. <laughs> and as Brenda was saying, you know, there's so much God will continue to work in our lives that we're so far from him but I see how God has you know in his way has given me a love for things that I never had a love for his people all of us he's given me such a love for downtown Seattle <laughs> And that it doesn't come from us at all. It's totally from Him. Amen. And we can't, we can't even boast of anything because it's, it's all Him. It's all Him doing it in us. Mm. Thank you, Lord. I just, I just encourage each one, of, each one of us here to just be more willing to yield to Him to give our lives to Him. All He has is good things for us. He just has great things for us. Amen. And we just have to step aside and allow Him to do the good work in us and not rush it. Amen. <laughs> just yield to Him Amen. and let Him do the work. Yes. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Candace has been touched by the file of God and given her life to really minister to people in downtown, the, the homeless, the people who are unfortunate to 
to uh, they don't have any family. They are walking on the street, and and many people have been saved through her ministry. I'd like to ask another one to come up and give testimony how the fire of God changed you. How about Brother Neil? For me, it's been a Brother Neil came from a traditional denominational background. For, for me, it's, it's been um, a Christian for a long time, and yet it, I need that fire of God. I need the, the power of the Holy Spirit to be upon me to keep my relationship fresh. And I noticed, too, that inside I, I changed so much about loving God and being able to love other people also. So it's really, for me, um, it's a matter of keeping my first love for Him. Amen. First love. Thank you, Lord Jesus. <clears throat> Yeah, the file of God keeps you to have the first love for Jesus. Amen. How about Victor? How the file of God changed you, Victor, in the past few years? How many people see Victor change? Amen. Big time. And still changing. Still changing. Why you have to laugh? Um, I don't know. I honestly don't know. All I know is God become bigger and bigger in my life. All I know is, you know, I, I become smaller and smaller and I really don't know anything and I'm not capable of anything. But I become more and more, have greater faith that Jesus is bigger and bigger and he can do everything. You know, Amen. so, you know, recently I become, you know, more humble. And <laughs> not, humble, not humble in an outward way, but humble towards God. Okay, because, you know, humble in an outward way will come. I, I, you know, I have to admit, I'm not a humble person. And, and I think most of the people know that, you know. And let's be honest, most of us are not humble. Okay, and the main thing is we have admitted but I'm humble towards God, and you know, I've been voluntarily humble myself and kneel in front of God during worship. And I believe that as I demonstrate my humility towards God, mm. and I enable, I, 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 I claim this power that He can work in my life. Amen. If I do not humble myself, I have no chance. Yes. I'm not arrived, I'm not there, but I open the channel to allow God to work in my life. Amen. So all I can do is, you know, I invite you to do the same. Let God work in your life. Mm, That's amen. all we can do. Nothing more, but nothing less. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you. Praise God. How about one more person before I preach? Gloria, can you come and tell us how the fire of God changed your life? <clears throat> I have a lot of testimony, but I'll just tell you the recent one that God has touched me in my life and uh, really showed me that He is real. Um, I've told this to our care group and to those people that uh, have I've spoken to. But anyway, uh, my husband and I had uh, an old Mercedes, 
and uh, it's been in our driveway for two and a half years. And we'd like to give it away, but the people we um, call uh, say they'll come, but they don't. So anyway, about two weeks ago, uh, he finally called uh, the, one of the organizations, and they said, okay, we'll pick it up. And so we were happy. But after two and a half years, we had to look for the title of the car and also for the keys. So Monday, uh, <laughs> how do you find the key? So anyway, uh, Monday, uh, he found the title of the car. And when I got back home, he said, honey, have you seen the key to the Mercedes? And I said, no. So I um, also helped him look for the key. Um, we can't find it. So the Tuesday, uh, the benefiting organization will pick up the Mercedes. And uh, uh, after my devotion in the morning, I said, I sat down and said, Lord, tell me where that key is. Mm. And so suddenly, he showed me an image of the cookie can beside our refrigerator. In faith, I went to that cookie can, and I saw the key, and I said, whoa. God. <laughs> so God is real. So I just say, I can't say anymore, but God Amen. is real. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Hallelujah. God, fire, leading us and helping us in everything we do. Amen. I have been preaching about the fire of God, which is a very uncommon subject in the church, very um, rare to hear about, and very difficult to understand sometimes, because it's all about spiritual things. You know, as human beings, we tend to focus on the physical things, because we can touch, we can see, we can smell, we can taste and understand. But whenever we talk about spiritual things, it's very difficult to comprehend and to experience. But our God is spirit. And our God working in the spirit realm. And we as Christians, we need to know how to connect to the spirit realms. We know how to walk in the spirit. Before I preach the word of God, I'd like to read these two scriptures that God wants me to encourage you with. In Proverbs chapter 15, verses 31 to 33. 31 to 33. The ear that hears the rebuke of life will abide among the wise. He who disdains instruction despises his own soul. But he who heeds rebuke gets understanding. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. And before honor is humility. Is that what Brother Victor talked about? We need to humble ourselves before God. And be willing to listen to the word of correction from God. You know, many times we hear the sermon. Many words that come out from the mouth of the preacher is the correction, the words of correction. And are we willing to have the ear that hears the rebuke of life and the instruction that will change us? If we can do that, we will have honor 
from God. Amen. Are you re- ready to hear the rebuke and the correction? Amen. Look at Proverbs chapter 20, verse 4. The Bible says, The lazy man will not plow because of winter. I'm sorry, 22 verse 4. I, I look at the wrong one. 20, maybe talk to somebody here about lazy man. Okay. 22 verse 4. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. How many people want to have riches, honor, and life? Raise your hand up. You know what is the key to get into that? Life of honor and life of riches and success. The key is humility. That we humble ourselves before the Word of God. That tremble ourselves before the Word of God. Therefore, every Sunday or every time you listen to the CD, teaching CD, you should prepare your heart to be humble before the Lord and say, God, you can speak into my spirit today. I'm willing to change. I'm willing to make some adjustment. Amen. Don't worry today. I'm not going to try to be hard on anyone. I just try to encourage you to be humble before the Lord. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, we believe, Lord, that the word of God that comes out from your mouth will never go in vain, but it will produce life, will produce what you intend to do, Father. In Jesus' name, right now, I ask your Holy Spirit to help me to sow the seed of the word of God into the hearts of men and women in this room, that that seed will grow to become a big tree and change their life and they will be successful and they will be, Lord, the big tree that many animals and birds come in to receive help and protection, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. In order to stay in the file of God, we need to learn how to hook up with the Spirit of God. We need to learn how to plug in. You know, when you want to get TV on, you need to have a, the, the electrical line of the TV and plug into that socket on the wall. The same thing. We all need to learn how to plug into the things of God, into the Spirit of God. We need to learn how to connect to the Spirit of the living God. This is something you need to develop. You need to train yourself. You need to see example in the church and grow into it. In fact, it's very smart and wise to learn how to walk by the Spirit 24 hours a day, every single day of our life. It will save you a lot of headaches and a lot of calamities and a lot of problems. Save you maybe maybe millions of dollars if you learn how to hook up, plug into the file of God. The file of God is in the inside of you. It's inside your spirit. And you remember when the children of Israel was walking in the wilderness to go to the promised land. What was leading the children of Israel? The pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud, which is symbolic or tangible presence of God. The pillar of fire is the tangible 
real glorious presence of God that was leading them into the promised land day by day. The same thing we learned that God wants to lead us day by day by His fire. It will save you a lot of headaches. I remember one time, I, was, I got a phone call from Overlake Hospital from a neurologist. This neurologist told me that I have a patient admitted to the hospital. She, he came to the emergency room and on the process of investigation, the patient became polarized, totally polarized. And we got an MRI which showed blood clot in the back. In fact, to open the spine, to get the blood clot out is not as, you know, it's not a big deal to me. But while I was listening to this lady, to this neurologist lady, the Holy Spirit spoke to me because I tried to hook up to the Holy Spirit all the time. The Holy Spirit told me, don't take this patient. Don't worry about money. Don't be greedy for this money to operate on this man. You send the patient to other places. I told her that, I'm sorry, I will not take care of this patient. You send to Harborview Hospital. That she did. Four years later, I got a letter from a lawyer that this lawyer sued every single one in Overlake Hospital that involved with this case. But he just wanted to interview me. I'm not, I was not sued by this patient because I was not involved in his care. Can you imagine if I was greedy for money and I just did not listen to the Spirit of God and I, I went on and took care of, his, of this patient, I would be in court for weeks and weeks and weeks my heart will be broken. Very, you, know, you may not understand how doctors feel bad about being sued. Very bad feeling. But I, God saved me, salvation, by the grace and the, by the Spirit of God. Because we learn how to plug in. The same thing. If you don't learn how to plug in to the Spirit of God while you are in the meeting like this. When we come in and the pastor lay hand on you, and you don't need to learn to learn how to plug in, it will be difficult to plug in to the Spirit of God out there in the office while you're driving on the street. You need to learn how to plug into the Spirit while you are in the atmosphere when the Spirit is moving. Amen? In fact, a lot of people see our church and they get scared. They come in and see people fall under the power, see people laugh and cry and shake. And they say, this is a weird church. But my dear brother and sister, if they stick there with us long enough and they learn how to plug into the Spirit of God, they one day will say, oh, I'm so blessed to be here. I'm so glad that I don't leave the church and stay and learn how to walk by the Spirit of God. Amen? That's my job, to train you and teach you how to learn how to walk by the Spirit of God. And I'm still learning too. I'm still growing in that area. But it's so important how to listen, how to plug into the things of the Spirit of God. And it's so wonderful that our children grow up in the presence of God. Because they will grow up, learn how to be very sensitive to the Spirit of God when they are young like that. So when they grow up, one day become an adult. They will be very sensitive to the leading of the Spirit or leading of the fire of God. Amen. Therefore, don't hesitate to bring your children to the prayer line to be touched by the fire of God. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 1 verses 1 to 8 here. I read from Amplified Bible because it gives us more clear understanding. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verses 1 to 8. Paul, an apostle, special messenger of Christ, Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. You notice that Paul emphasized Christ Jesus a lot. So everything is about Jesus. Everything that we receive comes from Christ Jesus, through Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my beloved child, grace, favor, and spiritual blessing, mercy, and heart peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I worship with a pure conscience. Do you worship God with a pure conscience? Of everything you do, you have a pure conscience? In the spirit of my fathers, whom uh, when without ceasing I remember you night and day in my prayers. And when as I recall your tears, I yearn to see you so that I may be filled with joy. Paul was writing to his disciple, Timothy, encouraging him. I am calling up memories of your sincere and unqualified faith the learning of your entire personality on God in Christ, in absolute trust and confidence in His power, wisdom and goodness, a faith that first lived permanently in the heart of your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice. And now I am fully persuaded the wells in you. Mothers in this room, is your, and father too, is your big responsibility to show the walk of faith in front of your children. Because even though you may not see your children walk by faith right now, but because you, you walk by faith in front of their eyes, when they grow up, they can be Timothy like this. Timothy had faith because his mom and his grandmom walked by faith, had faith in God. Amen. So I want to encourage all the mothers in this room Stay in faith. Don't be shaken. Have faith in God and show that faith to your children or to your son and daughter. Now, I come to this point that I want to emphasize in this passage. That is why I would remind you, everyone say remind. Sometimes we have to preach the same thing again and again. Why? Because we need to be reminded. We tend to forget. Amen. I remind you to stir up. Everyone say stir up. Rekindle the embers of. Rekindle mean to make the fire go on again. Embers mean the glowing wood or the coal, charcoal. The, go, the, the um, glowing charcoal that is dying down. Rekindle the embers of. Fan the flame off. I remember when I was in Thailand, when I was young, we used, we did not have gas stove or electric stove. We need to put charcoal into the um, stove and then burn it. I believe that people from Philippines understand what I'm talking about. Put the charcoal in, put the, um, use the match, put it in, and then what we do in order to keep the fire on, we need to do this. Keep doing this. I remember when my, I was very young, my, the cook of my house, she cooked rice and do a lot of you know, um, good food, Thai food. And she always have to do this with the fan. 
to get the oxygen into the charcoal or into the into the wood that we put in the stove. The fan, the flame of, keep burning. Everyone say, keep burning. The gracious gift of God, the inner fire. Everyone say, inner fire. That is in you by means of the laying on of my hands with those of the elders of your, at your ordination. In other words, the fire of God came into P, uh, Timothy by the laying on, on of hand. You believe in the laying on of hands? It's in the Bible. Amen. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardice, of craven and cringing and founding fear. But he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of calm and well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. Do not blush and be ashamed then to testify to and for our Lord. Know of me a prisoner for his sake. But with me, take your share of the suffering to which the preaching of the gospel. You need to understand, let me talk to you. Look at my eyes. When the Bible talks about suffering, I don't believe that the Bible talks about suffering that comes from sin, like sickness and disease and poverty. I believe that the suffering that Paul talked about is the suffering of preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Rejection, persecution, putting, being put in jail, being squad, being whipped, the suffering for Christ. Rejection of, from, by people. Amen. So you need to understand that if you read any book that talks about suffering of Christian being sick, that is from the devil. I don't believe in sickness because sickness doesn't come from God. But the suffering from, from persecution can happen to us. I don't mean that we don't get sick. Don't take me wrong. But we are living in the, in the world, in the sinful world. But we need to fight by faith against those sickness and diseases. Amen? Is it clear to you? Suffering means suffering from preaching the gospel. Not suffering from drinking alcohol, gossiping, lying, attacking people, or challenging the authority. I'm not talking about those kind of suffering. I'm talking about suffering of preaching the gospel. So the Bible talking about you need to stir up the fire of God which is in you. Everyone say stirring up. Rekindle. If you get touched by the fire of God, you need to learn how to stir up the fire. There are two ways to stir up the fire of God, from outside and from inside source. From inside means you do it yourself. But from outside is by coming to the revival meeting and then somebody helped you. God ordained somebody to be arsonist. You know arsonist means how many people know the definition of arsonist? Arsonist means somebody who likes to put fire in somebody's house and burn that house. So God used somebody to be an arsonist to bring, bring the fire of God to burn on somebody. I'm talking about spiritual fire, not the real fire. Okay? And God used your pastor to bring that fire to you. To be an arsonist, to bring the fire of God to you. I tell you the truth. I enjoy 
seeing people being burned by the fire of God. I just have a good time. Every time I see people get the fire of God burning them, I stand there looking. I have good time because I'm a spiritual arsonist. I like to bring the fire of God to touch people. I'm going to Thailand the end of this month, and I got a lot of email. Some pastor gonna come from the south part of Thailand say, "I want to be touched by the fire of God." Amen. Our CD and our news about the fire of God in our church has gone to the south part of Thailand now, and went into many city. And now they want to come to be touched by the fire of God. So the arsonists will go to Bangkok the end of this month to bring the fire to Bangkok. Amen. So we need the fire of God in the church, and I enjoy getting the fire on. Making the fire burning in the life of people. You know why we need to do that? Because we tend to be lukewarm. We tend to get cold. We tend to backslide. We tend to have a hardened heart. We tend to live in fear of man. We tend to get bombarded by the doctrine of demons. Bombarded by the doctrine of man. We tend to get into religion. Into tradition, it's a human nature. So, as a pastor here, my job is to keep waking you up, keep you burned by the fire of God, so you will stay with the passion for Christ. You will stay falling in love with Christ. You will stay out from religion. You will stay out. You remember my friend seen read the book of Acts last Sunday. He said that when the fire come, the next thing is religion. Try to come into the church, so we need to burn religion out of the church. Religion means this. Religion means putting all the law into the church. If you don't follow the law, you are not a good Christian. Don't wear makeup. Ah, uh, no. Uh, yeah, yeah. Law. Don't, don't, don't uh, wear jeans. Don't put makeup on your face. Don't make hair. All this kind of law is religion. Amen. One day God told me this. Don't bring people into religion, son. He talked to me. Bring them into relationship with Christ. Amen. Amen. Actually, I never force anyone to come to church. If I force people to come to church on Sunday, it's a religion. But if you love Jesus, you come to church anyway. You come to church for because love, not because it is the law. Is that right? So we don't want any law in the church. I mean, I'm not. not I'm not saying that we should not preach law. But we don't operate by law, but we operate by love. Amen. So the fire of God will come and burn that religion out of the church, the lukewarmness, the heart and heart. Amen. So when the fire of God comes, please don't try to figure it out what the Holy Spirit wants to do. I don't do it when I lay hand on people. I don't do it by myself. The Holy Spirit is helping me. So don't try to figure it out. One thing that I learned as a Christian is this: that God's thoughts are higher than my thoughts. God's ways are higher than my ways. So don't try to figure out what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He would do something opposite to you all the time. If you try to do something, he's gonna do go opposite way. He would do something that you cannot imagine and you cannot understand. Because God's ways are higher than our ways, so when things happen, when the Holy Spirit is moving in our life or in people's life in the church, don't try to figure out 
what he tried to do. What you need to do is to be hungry, to yield, to surrender, and to say, God, I need your help. Come and burn all the dross, burn the fear. That's why Paul say like this, God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of fear, but of power, of love, and of calm, and well-balanced, and mind, and discipline, and self-control. You know why Paul know that? It's very hard for us to follow the fire of God. It's very hard for us to stir up the fire of God inside us if we walk in fear. Because the fire of God may make you to do something ridiculous. You understand what I mean? He may make you to do something ridiculous in the eyes of man. So if you fear man, you will not follow the file of God. You will do just with only, only what you think. So God wants us to stir up the fire and the fire of God will come and burn all the fear of man. Like what Brenda just shared a while ago. He will burn all your pride, burn all of your wrong doctrines, wrong understanding of the word of God. The sins and the bondage, demons and power of darkness out of your life. He come and burn everything that is not good for you. God's fire comes to cleanse you, to be the vessel, clean, purified vessel, ready to be used for the kingdom of God. So what you need to do is to say, God, you can do whatever you want. The same thing when my patient gets into an operating table. I may explain to them what I'm going to do. I may explain that I'm going to shave your hair. I will make a mark on your head. Put the anesthetic on your head. Then I will cut. Pull the skin out. Make five holes. Oh, I'm sorry to say about this thing. <laughs> but you know, when the patient was sitting, was lying on the operating table. In fact, they trust me what, that I know what I'm doing. I know how to pull the scalp out. I know how to put the scalp back. And I know how to pull the tumor out of the brain. They trust me. I, they, 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 they did not lie on a table and say, Dr. Lau, what do you do next? Can you explain to me? What is next? What, what, what are you doing? No, no. The, the, the patient just lie there and have anesthetic. And just lie there, relax, and trust that the doctor who went to the medical school for many years knows what he is doing. Is that right? The same thing. When they come to God, the file of God is like an operating knife. Come and cut and change and perform miracle in your life. What you need to do is just lie there on the table and relax and let God do it for you. Don't try to fight. Don't try to figure it out. You don't know anyway what God is doing and you will see the result many years later. You may see the result months later. Amen. Like I and my wife, we went, I remember we went to the revival meeting first time in our life in 1997. Oh, we were so shocked. See, saw all the people fall under the power, they laughed. And, and then God touched us a little bit. He did not touch us very much in that meeting because we did not have faith. But after years and years and years gone by, we see that God changes little by little. We see that the, the file of God came in and removed all the draws, all the bad things in our life little by little. Remove the sickness, remove the wrong thinking, the wrong attitude, the wrong motive in our life. Amen? Can I admit to you one of the wrong motives I have? Can I tell you? And I repent already. 
Before I got into revival, I used to think this way. I'm not going to witness to anyone that doesn't come to my church. How bad motive I have. After the fire of God touched me one day on the floor, God performed an operation on me. God said, you are wrong, son. You have bad attitude. You need to change right now. Repent that you should witness out of love without hidden agenda. Who oh, I repented that day. This happened a long time ago. I repented of this sin in 19, long time ago. You can see that there are little, little things in our life that we don't see. Our wrong motive that is inside us that we need to let God come in and the fire of God burn all those things out. Have you ever seen the movie, cowboy movie, that people, you know, go out at night, they, they will put a fire and the fire go on and on and they sleep around that fireplace to prevent all the animals to come in. In the morning, the fire was dying down. So what they do, they use a poker and then just, just move the edges around, move around and then put the wood into there, into that fire and the fire start to come up again. Fan the flame of fire, rekindle the embers, make the fire go on again. That's what we need to do in our church. As a, I have a job to have a poker come in. And that is the poker of the word of God. I come and stir you up. That you will be on fire all the time. And then I get the wood to come in and throw to you. My hand is like a wood and lay hand on you to get the fire of God back onto your life again. We need to rekindle the fire. We need to flame the fan. Uh, fan the flame. I'm sorry, I said it wrong. Fan the flame. And we need, to, we need to get the fire of God back into our life again and again to be on fire for God. Amen? So, that's what we do in our church. Amen? Hallelujah. Do you understand my point now as a pastor? The Holy Spirit works in me to help the members to be on fire all the time, not to fall into religion and into tradition. Amen? Why God give somebody the joy of the Holy Spirit? Laughter. I believe the laughter is like anesthetic. If God wants to work in your life sometime, He makes you laugh. So you forget about what God is doing in you. And then you be the, the, like an anesthetic. So you will not feel the pain of God wanting to cleanse you or operate on you. So be open to the joy of the Lord. Be open to the touch of God. Amen. Open to the things of the Spirit. Amen. And when the fire of God touch you, one thing that's going to happen to you is that you may lose your dignity. Don't take me wrong. Dignity is okay. We need to honor one another. Amen. I even honor the kids in the church. We need to honor one another. We need to respect one another. But sometimes dignity can be an enemy to the spiritual life. Because if you are full of pride, of dignity, then God cannot work in you. When the dignity is so strong, you would not want to lose your face. You don't want people to think that you are weird. So what happened? You don't want to flow with the Holy Spirit. Is that right? I remember one time, um, in my office, a patient with brain tumor came to see me. And at the end of the talking for one hour, God told me that I should share the gospel with him. At that time, I have to choose between my dignity. This is a neurosurgeon, or I may lose my dignity. 
Why this guy talk about God in the medical office? Oh, I fight in my heart. Should I lose my dignity? Should I lose? This patient may walk out of me and say, I don't want to come back to this guy. He's crazy. I come to consider surgical treatment, but he talk about God. But I decided to lose my dignity. I say, brother so-and-so, Mr. So-and-so, can I tell you something? And he say, what? I say, I think you need Jesus. When I say that, I never forgot that wife cry in front of me because she's a Christian. I didn't know. And she tried to reach out to her husband for years. And when I say, you need Jesus, you need God, he mellowed down and he said, what can I do to know God? And he invited me to come to his house that Friday and I shared the gospel with him and he got saved. Amen. Amen. Sometimes, dignity is the enemy. The pride of dignity is the enemy to the things of the Spirit of God. And that's why in revival, when the fire of God comes and touches you, you need to say like this to God. You need to say, God, I'm willing to lose my dignity. You can do anything. If my hairstyle becomes messy, it's okay. If my makeup becomes so messy on my face because you'll cry and cry, you know, I, I remember one time when God touched me in 1997 in the first field revival service. I was so embarrassed. The whole room knew that I am a neurosurgeon. The whole room knew that I'm a pastor from Seattle. But God touched me. And I was crying like a baby. The, the, the milk has come out from my nose. Big time, I, I have to pull out the napkin and like this, uh, blow my nose. And then cry and cry Cry like a baby, oh, oh, like this. But the Holy Spirit inside my tummy here, inside my, so make me cry and cry, repenting of my sin one by one. And not only that, not only, I'm not sitting like this and cry, okay? And say cry like this. I was under the chair. I was, I lost my strength. And I was under the chair. I remember that. You remember that day? I was crying for one hour straight. And everyone looked at me, this guy, who? And so, it's so embarrassed. It's, I, my, my dignity was gone. A neurosurgeon from Seattle, a pastor, came and cried in front of the public, out loud, with saliva and mucus on my face. And my hair go out. When I get out from the floor, I walk like, look like a drunk man, like my hair, everything, my eyes red. And you know, it's, it's really, God really... T- Remove my pride that day, my dignity. And since that day, I have never been the same. My faith and my love for God became more simple. I understand people more. My pride was removed. You know, it's good sometimes God needs to break us like that. Sometimes it's good that the fire of God needs to come and break the flesh like that. Break the pride in your life and just... Just destroy that pride that hinder the Holy Spirit from moving and, and going with our life to, to work in our life. Amen? Amen? If you want God to use you more, you need to get rid of the pride in your heart. Amen. God use the humble, not the pride. Amen? Amen. Sometimes when God touch people, 
Those who come to the church may criticize what happened in revival. Oh, this is just an emotion. Oh, they cry, they laugh. I tell you, that day when I was crying, and people come to say to me, uh, uh, Pastor Lau, I think you have too much emotion. I tell you, I cannot stop. It's not about emotion. It's about the Holy Spirit is moving and cleansing myself here. I could not stop crying. I mean, I'm sorry. I cannot stop crying. God is moving on the inside of me. I, I, I don't make it up. And I don't want to make it up. One thing that I promised God a long time ago, I'm not going to manipulate in this church. I'm not going to control in this church. I'm not going to practice control and manipulation. And also, I'm not going to make anything up in this church. I want to be genuine, have a clear conscience before God. Therefore, if God touch me and make me cry, it's real. I'm not going to pretend to cry. I'm not going to pretend to laugh. It's real. I'm not going to pretend anything. Amen? So it's not about emotion. It's real. When the fire comes, something happened. I remember one, um, I, I faced fire in my life three times. The first time, when I was about seven years old, I was sitting around a table, have a tutor. tutor uh, he taught me mathematics. And while we were studying, suddenly I heard somebody in that house say, fire in Thai. It's in, in Bangkok. Fire. You know, I can see reaction. Everyone jump up on the table, grab their books and run. You know, I, I don't see anyone say, what? Fire? Where? I didn't see that. Everyone like, ah! I myself, one of them. I just jump up and grab my book, put it in my bag, and I run out of the house. It's real fire. This is a real fire. I, I don't see anyone sit around and, a fire, where, where, when, how? <laughs> Everyone jump. Everyone run. So you can see when the real fire came, something happened. Amen? It's about your heart that you open to the fire of God or not. Amen. Something going to happen to you. you. You will have some reaction because the fire of God, you may, you may feel repenting. You may cry a little bit. Your tear come out. You may feel like goosebumps or something. The fire come and you're going to feel the fire of God. The fire of God is tangible. You can feel the, the heat. Sometimes you feel so hot inside your body because the fire of God touched you. One pastor say like this, Lord, dip me in the kerosene of your spirit and set my heart ablaze so that, I can, so that I can burn for you. Amen. We need the fire of God. Amen. So when you come into revival service, when you come and be touched by the fire of God, forget about the people around you. Forget about your hairstyle. Forget about your makeup. Forget about your, your, how you look, look like outside. You are willing to lose your dignity. God can do whatever He wants. And if you learn how to surrender and you say, God, take me, do whatever you want. And then God can do the work in you. But if you still have some, um, you know, some room between you and God and say, don't touch me this, don't do this to me. I don't want to do this. Then God cannot do it because you are not willing to be changed by God. You need to just go into the altar and let God send fire in and burn you and change you. Amen. Hallelujah. God sent fire into your life for a purpose. Amen. I know that people always criticize when God is moving in revival like this. The meeting should be done 
decently and in order. Is that right? That's what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, the book of 1 Corinthians. But you need to understand that when the Bible talks about everything should be done decently and in order, it's in the context of prophecy verbally at the microphone. But look at the upper room experience. The Bible, Paul, Apostle Paul did not talk about revival service. Did not talking about the fire of God. He was talking about exercising the gift of prophecy. You don't have five people prophesying at the microphone at the same time. It has to be in order, one by one. Or if you speak in tongue, you must interpret. That is the order of prophecy. That is the context of that scripture. But look at the upper room in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all assembled together in one place. When suddenly there came a sound from heaven, like the rushing of violent tempest blast. It filled the whole house in which they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues resembling fire, which were separated and distributed, and which settled on each one of them. And they were all filled, diffused throughout their souls with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other different foreign languages and tongues, as the Spirit kept giving them clear and loud expression in each tongue in appropriate words. Wow. At that time, did Peter stand up and say, be quiet, be in order. Archer, keep these people quiet down. Did Peter do that? No, Peter rose up. People stood up and say, this is what which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, say God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and all my your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. When the spirit of God is moving, things can happen. Amen? It's not about prophecy time. It's about being touched by the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. In fact, I prove this again and again. When the Holy Spirit is moving, people who got mad at me, usually not, non, not non-believers. They are not non-believers. Non-believers come out and get saved. Amen. Actually, because they see the power of God. Amen. People who got mad at me are religious people. People who don't like the Holy Spirit. They got mad at me. They got mad at the church and they left. But people who are non-believers, they love the presence of God. They love the touch of God. Every time I went to Bangkok and I started to move in the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit started to move. All the non-believers come to me and say, can I get saved right now? I see the power of God here. I want to be saved. And after I pray with them and lay hand on them, they fell under the power too. And they got saved and they got touched by God too. Every, I tell you one thing. People need the power of God. Amen. We don't, just, don't want just to have nice preaching. We need the power of God in our life. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we need the fire of God. We need the fire of God to fall upon the life of people. And the Lord is looking for people who is, going to, who is willing to be touched by His fire. The Lord is looking for people who say, come and touch me and change me. Use me, Lord. 
so that I can be alive to go out and preach the gospel for the Lord uh, to the lost. Let me ask this question: Answer me yes or no. Are you looking for a worker by going to a cemetery? Are you looking for people to work for your office by going to a cemetery, looking for dead people? No, is that right? The same thing, God has the same principle. He cannot look for dead Christians to serve Him. He looked for on-fire Christians. He looked for Christians who are on fire for God, full of life of God. Amen. Who are willing to go to the nations, to check the city, to check the nations, to go and preach the gospel, who go and, and check the, the, the family. When the fire of God touches you, you become alive. He resurrected you up from the cemetery. So many Christians are dead. They are dead Christians. They're so lukewarm. They're so cold. But God wants to ignite a fire so that you can get up and run again and you run with fire and go and preach the gospel and do the things for God. I know that Cha did not go to knock door they, every, every Tuesday because of the job that the pastor tell her to do. Cha went to knock. She kept this fishing team now. Joy her. They went out to evangelize because the fire of God is behind her tail. Uh, not, not, not tail, I'm sorry. Behind her cloth here. And she just needs to keep it running. You remember the Bible said that Samson put fire be, uh, on the tail of 300 foxes. And those foxes run. When the fire of God comes, you cannot stay still. You run. Look at the... Um, you, you go to Florida and see that rocket. When the fire of God, the, when the fire came out from the rocket, what happened to the rocket? Went up against the gravity. The same thing. The devil wants you to keep you dead. Want to keep you unused by God. But God wants to put a fire back into you all the time. So that you will run for God. You will be, you will, you know when you get the fire of God, you will come to the pastor. Pastor, what can I do in this church? I cannot sit still anymore. I need to do something. I'm on fire right now. Amen. You serve God with joy. You serve God with fun. You don't feel that it's a duty to serve God. You don't feel that sitting in the service for two hours is wrong. It's, it's long. It's not long. It's fun. It's good. Amen. Coming to church is not a duty. But because the fire of God burns on the inside of you, you can have fun to do it. You enjoy coming to church. You enjoy going to care group. You enjoy having Bible study. You enjoy listening to CD. You enjoy going a witness because the fire of God burns on the inside of you all the time. That's what God wants. Amen. Hallelujah. Get the fire of God. Stir up the fire of God on the inside of you. Stir it up. Amen. We cannot use crops. Uh, do I say it right? Crops. Crops. To serve God. Crops. C-O-R-P-E-S. Crops. It's a difficult word for me. Crops. Do I say it right? Crops. Okay. We cannot use dead people. We need to use living Christian. God wants to use alive Christian. To serve the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. So when God touch you, you may do something ridiculous. 
Amen. You may look ridiculous before the eyes of men. Why God does that? Because He wants to train you to get out from the fear of man. If you fear man in this kind of meeting, you will fear man in the in the supermarket. You will fear man on the bus. You fear man in the office when you want to testify for Jesus. You say, "Should I testify?" Fear and worry are the biggest enemy that stop you from serving God. Because when you fear people, you fear to lose this and that, lose your reputation. Then the Holy Spirit cannot work through you. That's why Paul say, "God does not give you the spirit of fear, but the spirit of power, love, and sound mind." The fire of God will help you. By sometimes making you do something ridiculous before men, Amen? Amen. So that God can use you out there on the street, in the supermarket, on the bus, as the bus stop, that you're willing to do something that look ridiculous in the eyes of man, but it's not in the eyes of God. You'll be bold to do the things of God. The fire of God will come and touch you. The fire of God will do mighty work through you. Rapid work to you. More people will come into the kingdom of God faster. The fire of God will not only touch you; the fire of God will definitely have influence and impact on your family. Since I was touched by the fire of God, it impact my wife, my kids, impact my community, my church, impact the city, and eventually impact the city, impact the nations. The fire of God will work through you to impact the nations. Amen. But it has to start within you and inside you, and you need to keep burning, keep rekindling, keep fanning the fire, the flame of fire inside you. The fire of God will give you direction what to do. Don't let your fire, the fire of God inside you, become like an Olympic torch. The Olympic torch, the fire came out four times, once in four years, and they put it back. Four years, the fire came out in Olympic, and then they put in the room and put it away. No, the fire of God need to keep burning seven days a week, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Keep burning, keep rekindling, keep stirring up every single day. You wake up in the morning, you say, "I want to be a big furnace today. I want the fire of God to work in my life, so that I can see people saved, so I see great things happen in my life." Even I was walking two days ago, I was stirring up the fire of God inside me. I was walking in the gar- park, parking garage at Evergreen Hospital. But as I was walking, I started to stir up the fire of God. I begin to cry and I try to hide my face because people look at me. This guy is crazy. He's crying, walking. I began to cry and I say, God, oh, give me more fire so that when I go to Bangkok this time, people will be healed without even laying on of hand. People sit on the chair there. They're gonna come out from the wheelchair. The 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 ear gonna the deaf gonna be gonna be open. The deaf ear will be open. The blind eye gonna see. Amen. Stir up the fire. I want to be used by God. Amen. Hallelujah. One day I don't need to use knife anymore to scalpel knife to cut on people. They just come and they just get healed. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And that is done by the fire of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, not by man. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to end this sermon this way. I will continue again in the future about the fire of God. 
we're gonna I need to keep explaining about the file of God so that you understand what we are doing in this church. It 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 was my mistake for the past eight years that I never thought about the file of God in this church, even though I know it in my heart. And that's why a lot of people did not understand here. But God told me I need to teach it so that people understand. And we're gonna have this CD out into the series. You listen again and again. Amen. So bear with me for a while about the file of God. Learn, learn all these things. Let me tell you one thing at the end. The Holy Spirit told me to say this. <clears throat> we are, all of us, are at different stages of life, of the spiritual walk. Some of you are new believers. Some of you have been a Christian for a long time. Some of you have been touched by the fire again and again so much. Some of you just at the beginning of putting your toes into the file of God. It doesn't matter. Don't compare one another. Don't compare yourself with another person. Just you yourself and God just keep pressing in deeper and deeper into the things of God. Don't worry about, oh, that person go there now. How about me? No, no, you just keep going on. Keep going on with God. Keep going deeper and deeper with the things of God. Don't pull back. The worst thing in your life is you pull back. Keep going deeper. Keep letting God touch you and change you. The fire of God is the anointing, and the anointing can set the captive free. Amen? It's the power of God. You need to, you, you, God wants to change you from here to there to here to there. God wants to change you little by little, stage by stage. You don't compare yourself with other people. Keep on going. Amen? Maybe today is the starting day for you. You may, you may never been touched by the file of God. But today is a starting day. You say, God, today I want to start the day that the fire of God will touch me, fill me up. It's okay. Some of you may be just the beginning. You may be touched one time, long time ago. Today God may want to stir up the fire of God inside you again. Rekindle the embers inside you again. That's okay. Come in. Amen. My dear brother and sister, may I speak to you one thing quickly? I know it's all, already 11.30. Can you look at my eyes a little bit here? I want to say this to you. Some of you may think that this is a weird church. Wow, they lay hands, people fall down, people laugh. I'd rather go to traditional church where just singing a little bit and listen to sermon for one hour, uh, half an hour and go home. You know, I have to admit to you, I tried to do that many times. I, I even told Pastor Caesar, maybe we should change Sunday to be just a mellow one. Just preach half an hour, singing half an hour and go home. But every time I think about that, I feel that I cheat you. Listen carefully. I cheat you because I rather have the church that a little bit look weird in the eyes of society but my members are not having cancer sickness disease broken relationship divorce the kids go into pornography the kids go into bad stuff 
I love you so much that I cannot pull out from the file of God. Because I know that if we pull out, we're going to end up to be another just group of community that people have sickness and disease and cancer and back problem and leg problem, all this stuff. And you see that people in our church rarely get sick. Do you notice that? You know why? Because of the file of God. Do you notice that rarely we see any divorce in this church? I'm, not talk, I'm, I'm talking about people who already come and di- marry here. I'm not talking about people who already divorce and come here. I cannot change that. Why? Because we, we welcome the file of God to come and burn all the bad junk out of our life. So that we will keep ourselves pure before God. I know it's so tempting, I tell you right now, it's so tempting to quit all of this thing because a lot of people don't understand me, think that I'm crazy. But because I love you so much, I want cancer to be healed in this church. I want to see people set free from poverty, from bondage. And the only way is to welcome the fire of God, the the power of God. Amen. Do you understand my heart now? Please understand me. The reason I decided to start church, a prayer meeting at 9 o'clock instead of 10 o'clock. I'm pondering about this for a long time. Should I start a church at 10 or 9? Because 10 is easier. Everyone can wake up a little bit late, you know, sleep in. But after I think about it, I stay this way because I want to have some more time before noon so that people will not be too hungry for food and run out. Because if I finish, right now, if we start at 10, it will be 12.30. People start to get upset with me. But now, I don't have to worry. I have some time to talk to you and lay hand on people. Amen. I love you so much, my dear brother and sister. I put my reputation in jeopardy. And people criticize. People misunderstand. I put my, myself in jeopardy where people leave the church and walk out of this church. But... If I lose two or three people, but the rest, 200 people here stay in good health, love one another, stay in spirit, have protect you from losing millions of dollars because of long, wrong decision in your life, whatever, the fire of God will protect you and lead you and help you. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You understand? Why don't we pray? Father, in Jesus' mighty name, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, for your fire. Lord, thank you so much. In Jesus' name. The Lord wants me to say one thing quickly here. The presence of God is in this place. The file of God is in this place right now. Some of you may come out to be prayed for, to be laid hand on. But some of you may be sitting on the chair. I want to tell you right now, we don't have second class citizen in this house. Whether you sit on the chair or you come out to be laid hand on, you are loved by God the same and you are loved by me the same. And in fact, the file of God can touch you at your chair. 
You may not know that right now God's fire is in this house and is cleansing you in the inside, in your chair right now. It's in your chair right now. It's not just about being uh, coming to the front line and be prayed for. You can be touched by the fire of God at your chair there. God's spirit is no respecter of people. Amen. Don't let the devil tell you that pastor will look down on you if you don't come out to be prayed for. You can sit there and just let God soak the presence of God soak your life. But if God tell you to come out, just obey Him and come out. You understand what I'm talking about? I never judge anyone who don't come out to be prayed for because one day for a certain group of people, another Sunday for another group of people, whatever that God leads. Here in this church. We don't have condemnation and judgmental spirit. I just want to be clear to you right now, so that the devil will not speak to you that way. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. May I pray for you, sister, for your health. Amen. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, I command sickness to leave this body right now. She will live a long life. Good health come in Jesus' mighty name. Heal her, Lord. I speak that devil, demon of sickness and disease, you must leave her in Jesus' mighty name right now. Any abnormal cells in this body, you must be healed. I command in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Anyone else is sick today? Can you raise your hand up? Let to pray for the sick. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Keep your hand up. Father, in Jesus' mighty name. We command sickness and disease to go away from these people. Right now, you must go away. Cold, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, back pain, heart problem, joy problem, arthritis, skin disease, knee problem. You must go away right now, in Jesus' mighty name. I speak healing to them right now in Jesus' mighty name. Healing come right now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We trust this message has ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching series, please contact us at 206-275-1042 or visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.org. You may also write to us at the following address: New Hope International Church, 
9170 Southeast 64th Street, Mercer Island, Washington 98040. Thank you very much 